Hello everybody, this is the Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly for September 10th, I believe, yep, 2018. Uh, I'm Scott and I work on uh, CircuitPython on behalf of Adafruit along with some other folks in this meeting. Uh, this is our CircuitPython Weekly community meeting where everybody's invited to participate. Um, whether you're talking about projects you've been working on or core CircuitPython code that you've been doing, we want to hear about it. Um, the meeting is structured into four parts. I think it's four. Um, the first part is the state of CircuitPython, which is based on a script that I wrote that pulls kind of statistics about the health of the project as a whole. Uh, we'll follow that up with hug reports, which is a round robin style uh, chance for everybody to say, say thank you to other folks for the, the work they've been doing. Um, after that, we will do a status update section where we talk a little bit about what, we, what we've been working on and what we plan on working on in the coming week. Uh, we'll do both of those sections in, as a, sections in, in a round robin. So I will start and then we'll go down through the list of people in the CircuitPython voice chat. Um, this is where the meeting happens in the CircuitPython voice chat on our Discord channel. Um, if you do wanna catch us live in the future, uh, it's at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. Unless Monday is a U.S. holiday, then we'll usually bump it till Tuesday. Um, to join our Discord channel, you can go to adafru.it slash Discord. That's our short link for it. Uh, that will get you into our Discord, and you can text chat with us all week. Um, and you can voice chat with us during this meeting. Um, so that's how you join. Uh, if you are a, or if you do join the voice channel, but you just want to uh, listen in, uh, feel free to let us know that you're lurking. Uh, we have a few people today uh, that have already told me that, so that's uh, what that means when I say it. Um, right, and uh, fourth thing, thank you, Carter, is uh, we have a in the weeds section, which is kind of a just open-ended discussion section uh, where we talk about any like potentially longer discussion topics at the end. Uh, with the idea that we can get through kind of the high value, uh, dense information at the start and the, the more detailed stuff at the end. Um, as usual, what we'll do for In the Weeds is if you're in the voice channel and have a topic you want to co cover, just uh, make sure and mention it in the text chat before we get to it. Uh, that will hopefully minimize the like waiting game that I play to see if there's any remaining uh, topics. So I think that's everything. Um, I will be taking time codes uh, into the notes, which allow you to uh, go onto our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Adafruit, look at the previous videos and kind of skim what had happened and where in the video those, uh, those things were discussed. If you want to do, uh, if you want to jump in and listen to a particular discussion from a previous recording. Um, so I'll be doing that as well. Okay, um, and with that, let's get going. I'll take a time code, as always, and uh, get into the state of CircuitPython. Um, this is the state of the CircuitPython as of last night when I took these numbers. And what I mean by CircuitPython is not just the core repo, but also the libraries and the newsletter surrounding that um, get, get pulled into the statistics that I'll talk about here. Um, so in the last week, we had 19 pull requests merged, which is an awesome pace. Um, we've kind of, I think, regularly been doing around that number, which is which is great. We had six different authors, and I want to shout out D Farning uh, in particular as somebody kind of new to this list. 
And then uh, we had four reviewers as well. Uh, reviewing is always a great way to jump in if you don't want to make a change yourself. Um, we've got 15 currently open pull requests. The, the bulk of those are on libraries, so uh, please take a look at that if you're interested in helping. Um, the full list will be in the notes if you want to see what all 15 of those are. Issues-wise, we had six closed issues by six people, and we had 10 opened by four people. Um, I was a bit of those 10, so um, I'm not too worried about it. I did a bunch of display I.O. related issues, so that's why we're kind of higher than normal. But in general, we're hovering around the same number of issues. And that number is 148 open issues. And again, if you want to see what all those 148 are, um, check out the notes. Um, yep. And then downloads-wise, uh, we've had 1,899 total 3.0.1 downloads. Um, and that's very typically the Circuit Playground Express uh, leading the pack, followed by Trinket M0 and Gemma M0. Uh, Feather Huzzah are up there in terms of numbers as well. Um, at, the end of the, uh, end, at the end of the notes, we also have a list of uh, kind of linting checks on how libraries are set up. Um, in these notes, I've actually added some new ones. Um, and I guess I'll just mention that uh, there's this notion of uh, the version of pilot that we're using. So I have a pilot version, very out of date check. Um, and I also have a pilot version not fixed. So that finds the repos where we're not using a specific version or the specific version we're using is pretty old. Um, and then we also have a PyPI check that says like, hey, it's not actually on PyPI yet. So that's in there as well. Um, I went and did some Adabot stuff as I was adding things to the bundle. So uh, if I had to summarize in general where we're at with CircuitPython is we're um, the three uh, three of us, Katni, Dan, and myself, are headed to New York Maker Fair and New York at the end of next week. So we're kind of um, gearing towards what we want to get done before that. Um, so we'll probably do at least a another stable release on the 3.0 line um, before then. And then we might actually do a, an NRF52 alpha. We'll see. Um, that's kind of a little bit uh, early because we don't have a lot of hardware that's out there. Um, but we're getting to that point where we could do a 4.0 alpha, which is good. Um, OK, that's the state of CircuitPython, uh, kind of as I see it. Uh, let's move into hug reports. Uh, took a time code. Uh, Hug Reports is a chance for everybody to say thank you to other people in the community for the work that they've been doing. Uh, it's good for two reasons. One, it's great to just say thank you to people. And then it's also really good to show uh, or to demonstrate to others what you value within our community. So keep those two things in mind of like, I really like the work that so-and-so did and I'd like to see more people do it or two reasons to do a Hug Report. So um, I will start and take a time code again. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I, I kind of saw this before the other thing, but they, they would go hand in hand. I wanted to shout out to Summersoft in particular for doing a bunch of reviews uh, on libraries over the weekend. And that was specifically for uh, Lady Ada who was adding a bunch of libraries as well. So I really do enjoy uh, <laughs> 
checking my email and finding like, oh, this repository has been added and code's been posted and here's the PR and oh, somebody already did the review and it's already merged in and I can just check the email off and I don't have to don't have to worry about it. So that's been great. And uh, so both Lady Ada and Summersoft, thank you so much for the library work that you did over the weekend. And uh, that's it for me in terms of Hogwarts. So we will go on to Brennan. Uh, yeah, I've been out of town, so I guess just a general group hug this week. Group hug is all good. Thank you. Um, Carter is lurking, so we'll jump to Charles. Can you all hear me? Yes. Okay, because I'm getting some weird fuzz that just started, but. I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, Charles, can is your mic working? Maybe not. Weird. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead, Dan. We'll we'll go to yeah. You. I hear I hear the fuzz, but I don't hear. Oh, you do hear the fuzz too? Yes, but very faint. And nobody's circles is green, so. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Let me just see if I. No. That's an animal. I muted Charles in it. Yeah, nobody's green, which is really strange. Yeah. Discord error, I guess. <laughs> right. Oh, I muted Brennan and it went away. Which is weird. I used it back. Oh, that sounds good now. Huh. Okay. All right. We'll see. Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Go ahead, Dan. And sorry. Okay, to, so sorry to everybody no who problem. had to deal with that. So I'll, I'll echo. Uh, that uh, Lamora has been working on a bunch of new libraries and uh, really big thanks to Scott for doing a massive initial uh, write of display IO for uh, displays on the Halloween and eventually other things. So there was a lot of back and forth about that and, but we're, we're making really good progress on that. Or Scott is making really good progress on that. And thanks to Arturo for a lot of NRF reviews He's sort of come back online after um, vacation. And also to TAC, who's continuing to work on a lot of NRF 52 things right now. OK. Totally. Thanks, Dan and Griffin. <laughs> um, all right, Deshipu says, group hug. OK, and Jerry. Uh, yeah, general group hug and uh, special uh, thanks to Dan for pushing out the uh, the uh, NRF the two dongle port uh, stuff. It's fun to play with. Nice. And Mike is lurking, and <laughs> Scott SDW was lurking, but then jumped in and said uh, "delurk" for a moment. So uh, Scott says group hug as well code there and last but not least we have summersoft summersoft says 
at the NRF crew, Dan, Tack, Arturo, and Jerry for continued work on that port. Uh, Tan Newt for Display IO Foundation. Group Huggus Maximus for any I'm missing. Thank you, Summersoft. And uh, Charles, did you want to take a stab at your mic again? I know it was not working. Looks like it's still not working. All right. Well, if you get that working, feel free to jump in or feel free to text, uh, write text in there and and we'll do it. Um, so that was Hug Reports. Uh, if anybody, I see Grover, I just saw you come in. Uh, if we get to you during status updates, feel free to feel free to hug report then. Um, okay, just lurking. Okay, uh, status updates. Uh, this is a very common um, circuit Python or not circuit Python <laughs> software engineering thing where it's sometimes called the stand up, and the idea is that you just take one or two minutes to talk about both what you've been doing and what you plan on doing in the coming week. It's really useful to just know what everybody is doing, but also um, provide tips and tricks to the people regarding the work that they're doing. So um, I will start and take a time code first. Uh, first and foremost, I got the display IO checked in uh, as a couple of folks uh, hinted at. I got uh, kind of what I think is the super core to display IO going. Um, I'm going to do some more work on that this week. I was, I want to do, I want to make that work with displays that you can like plug in rather than just the, the built-in board displays. Um, but Lamore Lady Ada asked me to do a bitmap kind of pixel streaming off of a file so that, uh, we can minimize the, the memory used for a full color bitmap. So I'm going to do that first. I'm hoping to get that either to that either later today or, or tomorrow. I will do that work. Um, I also got uh, the initial board definitions for the Grand Central checked in, which is our kind of metro or mega style uh, board that's coming up with the CMD51. Um, that was interesting because it's just like way more pins than anything else, um, including some of the PC, uh, the C port pins. So I found a couple issues uh, with the peripherals library and the pin definitions there. So I got those fixed as well. Um, I was working on library stuff and Adabot love on Friday, um, primarily to get the image load uh, library into the bundle, which I created along with the display IO stuff uh, to basically look at an image file and figure out exactly what kind of image it is and kind of load the loading code piecemeal so that um, I think a lot of Python libraries for image loading are just like, we're going to support all of the different types and we're going to do it all in one file. So you just load all the code. Basically, like if we were to write something where we had infinite memory. And so this library is geared towards um, not doing that. So it loads a very little chunk of code that says like, is it a PNG or, or, or BMP? Although BMPs are only supported right now. And then it kind of imports a little bit more code to be able to read like the header of a BMP and then imports a little bit more code if it's indexed and stuff like that. Um, trying to minimize the, the memory footprint of the actual loading code. So uh, as a general rule of thumb, uh, when it comes to loading images in the new display IO world with image load, you'll basically want all your images in the same format. Uh, it shouldn't, I don't want it to matter too much what that format is, but uh, if you want to min minimize your footprint, you'll want to make sure all your images are in the same format. Um, so yeah, I uh, did some library in Adabot Love, talked a little bit about the Adabot stuff already, 
checking lint versions, uh, restructuring the PyPI stuff, and um, yeah, just got distracted by a, an issue comment coming up. So I will move on and let uh, Brent, Brennan let us know what he's doing. So I've been on the road. Um, I'm in town for a couple of days and just kind of catching up on things a little bit. And then I'm leaving again for a while. Um, some libraries on PyPI and I'm working on some documentation for a CircuitPython project that I did with uh, Laura and GPS and some other stuff. That's about it for me this week. Awesome. Thanks for stopping in, even though you only have a few days before you get going again. Okay. Um, so Carter is lurking and Seagrover is lurking. Uh, Charles mentioned a general hug report and I think is also lurking. So go ahead, Dan. Um, so I've been, there's been a lot of code to review. We spent a lot of time on that. Um, with Lemore, we've been trying to get, figure out uh, PyPy and Adafruit Blinka stuff because there, there have been a number of issues about uh, libraries not working or things only working on Raspberry Pi. And we're still trying to understand Pi PI packaging completely. So that's kind of ongoing. I added uh, the NRF52 dongle to the board list. I added maybe one other board. I cleaned up a lot of the pin definitions for all the boards, added Arduino-style pin numbers on the PCA10056, which is the development kit board hmm. from Nordic. Uh, I added pin claiming logic for GPIO pins or for all for all peripherals, not just GPIO, so that you can't create two, you uh, accidentally put the same peripheral, two peripherals on the same pins. Right. Uh, I did some cleanup on GPIO pins on, um, and I just, uh, in terms of the future, I'm gonna, I have, there's a long list of things to implement for the NR52. So I'm just gonna tackle those things as they come up or at one at a time. And we hope to get a 302 release of CircuitPython out this week, which will have um, fixed the um, NeoPixels not working on M4 boards. And there are a couple of other outstanding bugs, um, maybe some UART code, UART uh, features and bugs. Mm -hmm. And also um, Radimir has a PWM bug, which we haven't figured out yet. And we're not sure if we can understand it easily, we'll try to fix that in this release also. Right. You and I took a little bit of a glance at it. Right. We didn't, we didn't find anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll look at it again for an hour or two and see if I can figure something out. Okay. All right. That's Sounds good, Dan. Um, all right. Deshipu. Busy at day job. <laughs> Always good. Um, no progress preparing for Maker Faire Zurich this week. Oh, nice. Um, I'd love to hear how that goes. Uh, I feel like I forgot to mention that, but like in my evenings, I've been trying to work on my Game Boy stuff because I would love to bring my Game Boy cartridge to Maker Faire to show off. So I've been doing that in the evenings as well. I was last thing I was doing was working on Game Boy Color uh, support as well. Um, okay, Jerry. 
Um, yeah, it's a, a lot of unfocused project work <laughs> this week, um, but then spent a lot of time playing with the, with the NR50Z dongle, uh, managed to, to fry two and got one working really well. So oh, no. a little bit there. Um, have a few more on order because they're, they're cheap, <laughs> but they are, they are easy to break. Um, and then I've been trying to play with this thing that um, um, Arturo fixed. A, there was a, there's a problem in the BLE scan that runs on the NR50Zs that on the 52840 board, the PCA1056 board, hmm. only, only shows the first scan, the first, first item. And he had fixed that a while ago, and then it broke again. Hmm. And I've been trying to figure out what, how, to, how to make it work again. And not making much progress, but learning a lot. So I'll keep poking away at that. Until I, until I give up and ask him for more help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for putting so much work into the NRF stuff, and that goes to everybody as well. I'm I'm excited for NRF to be uh, out and available and and for people to start trying it. I have lots of things I want to do with it. I just haven't personally had time to do it myself, but it's fun to watch other folks really hack on it and do that. All right. Um, Mike and... Mike is lurking and Scott is back into lurk mode, but posted a status report uh, saying, Hey Scott, I'll, I'll talk real quick. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. Um, as I've spammed about the internet a lot uh, today, uh, my book, my new book from maker media on uh, uh, getting started with the circuit playground express is out and electronic bookstores everywhere um and as they get it to the book the brick and mortar ones um it is that does have a number of chapters on circuit python as well as make code and how to set up uh, arduino environment although i don't talk much about actually using it a lot in arduino because that would probably be a whole nother book but uh if uh, all of you um here inside the chat probably um, know, um, have have the background, but some of our listeners here might be looking for a book to introduce CircuitPython and microcontrollers to a younger group of people or somebody who um, would like to get into microcontrollers and, mm -hmm. you know, just would like to have something hard and readable, you know, dead tree mm -hmm. to, to do. So they might want to check out this book. So I'm just putting in a plug for that. I'll be at Maker Faire along with uh, uh, Scott and the CircuitPython crew. I'm giving a talk um, and uh, the info will be in the newsletter um, and it should be in the guide for Maker Faire 2018. So it'll be Sunday from 12 to 12.30 in zone three. Um, if anybody would like to stop by, I'd be glad to, to chat um, CircuitPython or Circuit Playground Express or whatever and sign a book if they'd like. Cool. Sounds like a good deal. Hey, you know, the, the book may cost a little bit, but, you know, talking to me and my signature, totally free. No, actually, I, I really like meeting people and, and hearing about that's part of this community is it's, it's so dynamic. It's really fun to uh, interact with folks that might not normally get together and Maker Fair is one of those rare yearly events where we do have people getting together besides PyCon. Right, totally. And I'll, I will plug also that on our Discord 
channel, which you go to the URL adafru.it slash discord. We do have an events category of channels and that includes a World Maker Fair channel specifically. So if you are going to World Maker Fair and want to make sure and meet up with Mike or any of us, uh, hop in there and let us know. Uh, that's where our planning will be. So Adafruit never does anything really official in terms of meetups or booths or anything, but we do uh, the last couple years, at least the last year, we did an, kind of an unofficial meetup at the DigiKey booth. So uh, planning on doing that again. So if you want to find out more details about that, hop in our Discord, check out the World Maker Fair uh, channel, and also let us know uh, that you're going so we can actually add you to a group where you'll get pinged when we post stuff about it as well. So Definitely. Uh, that's what we'll be checking. Yeah, pro tip. All right. Thanks, Mike. Looking forward thanks. to meeting you in person, too. We've never actually met. Well, you're on that uh, left coast. Uh, actually, mm -hmm. I... I, I lived out there until uh, the government snagged me for a 30-year stint uh, <laughs> on the right coast and abroad. But, uh, yes, I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of people, too, yeah. including you and Katni and Dan. Totally. It's going to be a blast. All right. Thanks, Mike. Okay. See you. Um, let's see. Time code. So Scott is next on the list and uh, already put in a brief uh, when they w uncloaked himself briefly uh, to talk about uh, what they're working on, says, uh, I'm part of the microbit beta testing and I'm testing a new firmware and make code in MicroPython editors that implement WebUSB to allow direct flashing to the microbit. Super interesting. That's something that's come up a lot. So I'll be curious to hear how that goes. And uh, lastly, Summersoft. Usually just types in, copies and pastes it over. Um, it says, uh, for frequency in the the ultra-low power 32K as a DPLL source in work for Chrysalis boards, have to establish a G-clock since it can't be directly sourced from the external oscillator. Then I should be able to assess jitter cause, as mentioned last week. Still discussing TC register usage slash DMA with Tan Newt. I'm going to update the VEML6070 library to match the new VEML6075 library in usage and structure. Awesome. And again, thank you so much for all your reviews on there, um, on the libraries. It's much, much appreciated. Uh, it does lighten the load for both me and Dan to, to be, and Katni to just see back and forth on reviews and then merges and it's great. Um, so if, if anybody's looking to participate in open source software, uh, that's a great way to start um, and we're happy to help. So reach out if you're interested in that. Um, okay, that's it for status updates. Thank you everybody. We'll now do in the weeds. Um, let me just take a time code so that if people wanna hear the explanation they can. Um, in the weeds is a kind of broader, longer um, talk about kind of anything we want to talk about section. Uh, that's why we call it in the weeds. It's also called just like discussion. Um, if you have a topic you want to cover, I saw Jerry's already, so we'll do that first. But um, if any other folks have topics, please um, type them into the text chat. We'll add them to the note stock um, as a list of things that we'll cover before we finish up. And then uh, once we're out of discussion topics for in the weeds, we will wrap up and call it a week. So. Uh, Let's kick it off with uh, Jerry. 
right, so I've been <clears throat> playing around uh, with uh, the, this NRF dongle a little bit and realize, you know, in the, the pin definitions, it doesn't specify what, what to use for I2C or SPI. So I thought I'd, you know, before I dive in, I'd sort of do a little research and make sure which ones were valid. And so it, it raised more questions than answers for me. So I thought I'd throw it out here as I started looking at the way they're defined on other boards. And so Dan, maybe you can just straighten me, straighten me out and say, tell me that I'm just looking in the wrong places for the information. But it seems to be that there's some real conflicts between what the data sheet says about at least some of the parts and the way some of the pins are defined. So, yeah, so the, 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 the data sheet mentions a number of pins that it says you should only use them for low frequency use only. And the reason for that is not because they're not capable of high frequency use, but because they might generate RF noise hmm. that might interfere with like the Bluetooth radio or something. So it's not really clear to us how important that is, but in the future designs, we're going to like uh, Lamore is looking that at, at that kind of the next revs of various boards and will prefer um, not using those pins in general for like the default I2C or SPI pins or something like that. Okay, and the I way mean, they are now, they are being used, correct? Yeah, so she noticed, so basically I, this was brought up a few weeks ago and, and so on the next spin of the board, she might try to avoid those. Uh, so don't take, which, which boards are you talking about? Well, um, well actually what I, what I was looking at was in order to, you know, uh, the way I've, I've been using on the uh, PCA 1056 development kit board, uh, I think SPI is, uh, I2C is on 20, P0, 26 and 27, and those are okay. But the SPI is on, I had it on 10, 11, P1, 10, 11 and 12, but the, actually I looked in the pins.c file there, it's on 12, 13, well, 13, 14, and 15, all of which are said are supposed to be low frequency only. Now, I've had no problems with SPI on that board, but, um, you know, that, so that got me to thinking that, um, that, hey, I missed it when, when, the, when they actually got the find on there. But um, so then I was looking at what to use on the dongle and realized that none of those, none of those pins are actually brought out to the header anyway. So <laughs> I had to find new ones and then started reading and realized, wait a minute, you know, I probably should be careful about which ones I pick. Um, and so, and but then I went and looked at the Feather 5284 Express board, even though it isn't out yet, and saw that it uses I2C on, I think, on two of the P1s that are low frequency only. So I thought that might be a concern. And that's why I wanted to raise it now in case, in case that was a concern. So, so I think, so, so yeah, Lamore is aware of, of that for the fifty, the Feather fifty two A forty, and may try to move them around. Okay. Um, sometimes there's a routing issue. Sure. Um, what's on the PCA one zero five six is just the SPI pins are the ones that go to the SPI the Arduino style SPI header. So it was Nordic that put the low frequency pins there. Hmm. Okay. So it's just it's sort of that's on their head. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think, you know, I think what's probably going to happen is that it may, my guess is that it's not going to make the Bluetooth radio not work. It just might make it less sensitive or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, there might be more noise, you know, for long distance Bluetooth or something. So 
probably what's in the data sheet is like really conservative and it's not necessarily the case that it won't work or anything like that. We just okay. would try to avoid those if we can. Okay, well, that was why I, I raised it now because I was trying to, you know, thinking yeah. back to all the discussions that have come up about the, the SAMD 51 and, and its pins. There was a big discussion about that a few weeks ago. Um, thought maybe, maybe right, that was right. That would have to do with in, the, in that case, I too, there are some certain pins on the on the SAMBI that have higher drive capability, right. uh, which are is better for I2C, high-speed I2C. And uh, we didn't really sort of notice that. And we'll try to make th that do that in the future, but we're not going to redo the existing boards because it would mess up everything. Uh, <laughs> is it correct that as opposed to the, on the SAMD, you have all these CIRCOMs and, you know, there are certain restrictions as to which pins can do what? It doesn't appear that there's any restrictions as to which GPIOs can do can be used on the NR52. Is that correct? Yeah, they're either completely special special cased, right. or they're or there's a crossbar and they can go anywhere. Okay. So, so on the, like on the dongle, I haven't defined any default right. SPI R2C because there's kind of no reason to. Uh, they're not labeled that way or anything. So it's up to you to choose which ones you want to use. Um, and on the, on the PCA 10056, the development kit board, you know, it, it simulates that there are headers on it that make it look like an Arduino. Right. And so the, the definitions that I chose there are the same as what would, if you had, were plugging in an Arduino shield or something, I mean, mm -hmm. if it had, if it had Arduino labels, like the SCL and SDAs or whatever, they didn't label that on the board, but they're in the same position. Yeah, that one they, on the back, it tells you which ones to use. Yeah, so they, but it's clear that there, there are kind of too many pins that are low frequency only. So uh, there, it doesn't leave as many as you might want. Right. Uh, so that, that helps a lot. Uh, I just, yeah. I, and it was really confusing too because the, at one point I found yeah, there's the, the thing talks about the ball grid array chip and and you know and that's what the data sheet talks about and that's what's on the dongle but on the pca on the pca 10056 development kit that's actually uh, you know a flat pack board and uh, you know a, 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 and that, so i thought geez is it, uh, is it maybe a different you know pin, uh chip you know different layout but i don't think so i think it's just i think i think it all that it, it all they're all talking about the same pins. I'm sure it's not. I mean, so I don't know whether the, the low frequency issue is because of on-chip interference or whether it has to do with certain packages or both to some extent. Yeah, they, it's not really I, that well. And and just a heads up, I, I think the way I fried, I know the way I, I fried two boards. One, one is just in doing a horrible job of trying to solder on a header, uh, the SWD header. Think I accidentally bridged um, the there's a um, a jumper SB1 and SB2 SB2 is, is normally uh, jumper and SB1 is open and they're they're for determining where you how you power the board. Mm. Uh, I got some solder on SB1 and it says in the sheet don't ever have both of them bridged at the same time and it, oh it may damage the, the the chip so I think that's true. <laughs> um, the second one. The only thing I can think of that I did that killed it was I maybe a maybe briefly shorted VDD to ground, which is probably a really bad thing to do in general, but it's really easy to do on those boards. 
you know, because of the, the, the way the Tesla pads are very close to each other. So I don't for sure know that that's what killed it, but something did. And uh, so if people are working with them, just be careful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the internal voltage regulator. So yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. It, oh, it puts out a half a volt now. <laughs> oh, okay. So something fried. So I might try, I could try if I get really anxious, I can try and power it externally and see if, if, it, if I can get it working, but it's simple enough to just get some more. <laughs> yeah. And one other thing I might note is that on the, on the, on the DK board, on the PCA 10056 board, the, the regulator on board is a three volt, not a 3.3 volt regulator. So the GPIO pins are never going to get above three volts, which is kind of a nuisance. So if you're trying to drive NeoPixels at five volts or something, it's going to not work very well. Mm. And I have no idea why they chose three volts as opposed to 3.3. The, the button battery on the back is three volts, and maybe that was the reason, but I don't really know. Hmm. So it's not, so it means it's not really a, a, like a great substitute electrically for a feather or something like that if you're testing certain things right you know yeah all right thanks sure awesome. well uh nobody else commented on extra in the weeds discussion uh questions so i think we'll just wrap up um i'll take a time code because it's always kind of nice to know uh, this has been the Adafruit Circuit Python Weekly for September 10th, 2018. Uh, it happens every week on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on our Discord channel, which you should join even if you can't make that time. Uh, to join, you go to the URL adafru.it slash Discord. Uh, that will get you an invite into our Adafruit server. Uh, it's a nice, friendly place to talk about projects and get uh, questions answered and talk CircuitPython. Uh, we have a code of contact, and we make sure that people stick to it. So it's a nice, friendly place. I uh, love to have more people in there. Um, if you want to get all the latest uh, Python news, you can subscribe to the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. It goes out every uh, Tuesday morning, unless we screw some of the scheduling up, and then it's Wednesday. Uh, covers uh, stuff on CircuitPython, but also uh, CPython, which is desktop Python, and uh, MicroPython as well as it comes up. So uh please please uh subscribe to that you go to adafruitdaily.com um we put links to the latest recordings of the CircuitPython weekly meeting in there as well uh just another useful thing that happens in there um yeah and uh thank you to everybody we should be on schedule to do uh monday next week uh the week after that might be a little wonky because we'll be in new york but i also think that Either next week or the week after is our one-year anniversary on doing these recorded uh, CircuitPython Weekly, so we should do a little bit of a celebration for that as well. Maybe we'll do a giveaway. That would be cool, too. Um, anyway, uh, thank you, everybody, and uh, check in next week or sooner on our Discord. Have a great week. <laughs>